0: This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria.
1: Welcome to Grief Relief. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host... Dr. Heidi Horsley. (laughs) I I was going to say, and daughter, right, Heidi?
2: Absolutely. Hi, Mom.
1: Hi, Hyde. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. We got a a really interesting guest on the show today, and one that we know from Compassionate Friends. And uh, she has also started a Compassionate Friends group in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So we want to talk to her about that, too, because you're on the board of Compassionate Friends, right, Heidi?
2: I am. And I, you know, I'm always saying that everybody that's doing this work is really doing God's work. And I love that Marcia is so involved and that she's not only, you know, Getting being of service, but she's also getting help for herself and touching so many lives through, through Compassionate Friends and the work that they do.
1: Yeah, you want to kind of introduce Marcia, Heidi? And I know she has a daughter that's been in your uh, teen grief recovery classes, I guess we'd call them uh, Compassionate Friends. And by the way, there'll be a big conference in uh, the Chicago area in, when will it be, Heidi? July.
2: It's in July, and my my um, workshops are actually called Siblings Grief Too. So uh, we just talk about what kind of things are unique to sibling loss, and we, there's a lot of we give and get a lot of support from each other. And then I go in and I talk to the parents about what I want them to know about sibling loss. So it's 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 wonderful, and that's and I met Marcia at the um at the Compassionate Friends, and I would love to introduce her and talk to you more about her views on life and what helped her. After her son died. So would you like me to introduce her, Mom? Yeah. Okay, so today we're going to talk about uh, Where Was God? That is our topic, and our guest, as my mom just said, is Marcia Maring. Marcia is the author of I Know the Secret. On this show, Marcia discusses God's promises to care when tragedy strikes. She talks about how God helped her through death, divorce, and other challenges, including the death of her own son. She shares the Bible verses on God's promises that touched her during her darkest moments. Welcome to the show,
3: Marsha.
1: Thank you. It's great to have you on the show, Marcia, today. Uh, tell our audience a little bit about your journey.
3: Well, the first thing we hear when tragedy strikes is, Where is God in all of this, right? And I know from experience, God is still with us, and He promises to be beside us. I found on my journey that the Bible is filled with God's promises to care, and I'm living proof that they're true.
1: Mm-hmm. And tell people what happened to you. Your son was killed at 21, age 21 in a one car accident.
3: Um, yes. And year 2005 was actually a, a challenge for me because um, I had just gone through a divorce in oh four, And then 2005 came along and my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. My 23 year old niece was in a near fatal car accident, uh, re- resulting in a brain shear and Which is put her in a semi-comatose state, and then I I sold my home and moved to a a new city because of my job. And the very next week, um, when I moved into my new home, my 21-year-old son was killed instantly in a car accident. So I was forced to rely on God to get me through. Yeah, I'm just—I've
2: got to review that, Marsha, because that is so many losses. I'm thinking. And losses in different come in many different forms. But you had a divorce in 2004. In 2005, your mother's diagnosed with cancer. You sell your home and move. Your niece is in a partial coma, and then your son Adam dies in a car accident.
1: And you also had a new job, right?
2: And I
3: also had a, a new job, yes. And which is why I moved wow. closer. And so when I moved into my new home, it was um, in a different city, about a year, about an hour and a half away. Um, I had, uh, I didn't know my neighbors, I had um, no church family yet, and so I really had to rely on God to get me through, and he did. So one of the things that I started doing is uh, reading a lot of books, and reading a lot about heaven, because, you know, we all talk about heaven, but since I had a son living there, I I wanted to know more, and I grew up in church uh, reading the Bible, but I started reading the Bible with a different perspective. I started finding Bible verses that didn't speak to me before, but suddenly it was as if God started speaking to me directly. For example, Isaiah 41, 13, God said, I will hold you always in the palm of my hand. And, and he did, and he still does. Um, the day the state trooper appeared at my front door telling me that my son had been in a fatal car accident, um, I, I could feel God just pick me up and hold me and, and he also prepared me for the terrible news because my again I had just moved into my house and my oldest sister never spends the night with me but she was there then and um, so she immediately handled the situation once I heard the news and and I quickly realized another one of God's promises in the Bible um, Isaiah 49:13, the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones
2: <laughs> and and to feel that you know your sister was placed with you at night for a reason exactly that was exactly the night that you needed her to comfort you because you heard that your son had died
3: oh absolutely and when when the state trooper rang my doorbell i mean she was right there with me and and it was it was just amazing and it, you know and, and although my heart was shattered I, I did feel a little bit of peace you know that peace that surpasses all human understanding which Again, it's another Bible verse, uh, Philippians 4-7, and the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding will guard your heart and mind. And th- and that is so true. And, and, a- and another one, with my sister being here, uh, Psalms thirty four eighteen, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So I could just really feel his presence.
2: It <laughs> sounds like, Marcia, right away you felt comforted. By the Bible and by those phrases in the Bible, is that true? Was that comfort? I did? I, I did immediately.
3: I, I went through. Of course, I went through the shock, and I went through the natural um, process of wow, my son. I, you know, I just I couldn't believe it, and but I, I I didn't go through. You know, the the five stages of of grief. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go through the anger part, and I, I just never did. I did. I found comfort almost immediately. Well, you know, my
2: mom is always saying that. She's always saying some people aren't angry. They don't go right. through that. Some people do, but some, we all agree differently, and some people don't
3: go through that anger piece. And, and I never did. But I've, a lot of my really good friends went through the anger side, but I just I never did. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I remember doing is um, I didn't go back to work for a couple of, of yeah. months. Yeah, I wanted
1: to ask you about work. I mean, you're in a new community. Did you get the kind of support you needed?
3: I did. I really did. I've, the people, my my work team was absolutely fabulous. They were just, um, they were my very best friends through all of it. And I did. I threw myself into my work.
1: Did you know them before?
3: I did. I did.
1: Oh, so you knew them. What kind of work do you do?
3: Um, I was a director of um, systems and processes, and I implement software or lead large teams. And I had about 75 people on my team, and they just... It was just a beautiful. They just um, monitored me, and and it was it was it was really good. It was really good. And for the first several, because I threw myself into my work and worked really long hours, that that helped, right? And
1: well, now now let's stop for a minute about the working long hours and saying it helped. You know, um, for some people. I would say it does help because they're able to, you know, do that. But on, on the other hand, can it delay the grieving process a little bit, you know, that you throw yourself into something else? I don't know. It's a, it's a question I'd have to think, you know, ask about your thoughts.
3: You had, did you have a daughter at home? No, she was off at college as well. No, it was just me,
1: so you were on your own, okay, so that comes in, I think, a little bit more into throwing yourself into your work because some of our listeners out there who have had a loss are thinking, "Wow, it helped her to throw herself into work. I can't do that. I've got a family at home. You know, I have to go home That's and true. you know i can't I can't that be working true. late into those you know into the evening, so I don't know. Do you have thoughts about that, Heidi?
2: Well, the other, thought, the other flip side of that is what Marcia said, that she, it helped her to work late. And I'm thinking, here Marcia went from a home where, I mean, she's got to go into a home where there, there's nobody. And, you know, you yes. had so many losses, the loss of your yes. marriage, the loss of your child, the lo- you know, all these losses. Now you're going into an empty house, so I can certainly understand why you needed to fill that emptiness and, you know, had your work family. And I love that your work family embraced you, and I'm wondering if you did anything, any advice you could give out there to those that aren't being embraced by their work family. Was there anything that you think you did so that people were more comfortable supporting you and coming to you at work?
3: You know, I, you know, I really don't think so because um, they, I just had a, a great team, and, and I worked with them mm-hmm. for a great company. And I, I remember... What company was, did you work
1: for? We might as well give them a little plug here.
3: It was Bell Helicopter. Bell, Bell Helicopter. Bell. And I remember, you know, they were just fabulous. And um, actually, Compassionate Friends gives out an award on, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but I put them in to um, as a, um, a contender to, to get an award. So they got an award as being, you know, a, a great place to work during a Compassionate I don't know if you're familiar oh, with yeah. that, but they, they used to give. Well, Bell Helicopter was awarded one oh, because nice. I did put in how wonderful my team was. I remember um, I was sitting in my office, and although I loved every single one, one man came in that I worked with. I didn't know him really well, but I worked with him, and he walked into my office, walked all the way around my desk, gave me a hug, didn't say a word, and walked back out. uh
2: uh-huh. Wow.
3: Priceless. That that's was just amazing. priceless. It was like an unspoken language, mm-hmm. just priceless. Uh, that's a but one good way that, to put that, yeah, an yeah. it, One of the things that, yeah, unspoken language, and and that's, uh, that's it's priceless. But, but one of the things that I did do every Saturday morning, I would uh, allow myself to crash and burn. Every, I call it crash and burn, and that's, you know, Crying and talking to Adam, talking to God, and I would allow myself that for about three hours, mm-hmm. and I and then I did for about three months. I did this, maybe even four, every Saturday. And I remember fe- God feeling God's hugs. And after about three hours, He would come. I could just feel Him hug me, and I can I remember hearing Him say, "Okay, my child." And then I would get up and start my day as if nothing ever happened.
2: I love this. Marcia, because you're saying, and it reminds me of a book we wrote with Eric Hipple, who was an NFL quarterback, who also set a time to grieve. I love that you set aside three hours every Saturday to crash and burn, as you said, to really go into the grief and to be there, and then you would go about your day. Don't you love that, Mom?
1: Yeah, that compartmentalizing of grief, I think, um, can be really helpful for people who don't feel like they're grieving enough or whatever, or or want to have that special time, especially around Thanksgiving, Christmas, other holidays, birthdays, sometimes you need to set out that time, even years down the road, so that you can feel like that you haven't been kind of disloyal and, you know, that you still remember that you still can organize, that you can still go there. But I wanted to ask you specifically to help people out there. Did you have Eric Hipple, as Heidi said, we wrote the book about it. He got a candle and lit it when he it did it in the evening he would go uh, leave work and go home and have a special time with a candle? Do you had? Did you have any special way that you do it that you could tell people? Did you listen to music? Did you just read the scriptures? Did you have a candle? Did you have a picture? You know what did you specifically do?
3: I, w- I went into his room and just sat and talked to him, just as if he were there.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, I never did light the candle, no. But I just um, talked because, and I had. I could do this because I lived by myself. Um, I just kept talking to him as if he were could hear me and and was right here with me. And um, it was it was it was very special. Mm-hmm. And and again, I still relied on the promises of God. Um, a couple of more verses: Isaiah sixty six thirteen, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And, and he did. God did. And Matthew five four, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I, I just felt that peace. I felt that um, I, it was just a different feeling that God was with me, and I felt like Adam was with me, my son. And um, it was just—it was yes, I was hurting, but yes, I had that um, peace that surpassed all human understanding of God's promise.
1: You know, uh, when we're talking about your being alone, Heidi, what comes up for me is she was never alone. Uh, she had God in her heart and God with her, and and. Uh, use that um, symbolism or whatever to be supportive. Would you, what would you think about that?
2: I love that, and I think that it's really comforting. And for those of our listeners that don't, that don't believe in a God, I would say whether it be the belief in a higher power or the belief in energy or the belief in something bigger than yourself because otherwise you can feel very alone. And as Marcia shows us, and my mom just pointed out, you never felt like you were alone. You always felt supported.
3: Yes. Yes,
1: that's true. Now, Marcia. Besides the scriptures, did you have any? I know you had. A, I don't know. We'll call them coincidences for people. Um, you had like your sister was there. Um, talk about the the butterfly. You know that you you found um, the dead butterfly that you were looking for.
3: Oh yes. Um, well, I went to um, I went to Adam's my son's crash site and found this butterfly. It, it really took all I had to go to the crash site because I really didn't want to, but I knew I needed to to bring some type of closure. And the the police had sprayed that orange, um, you know how they outlined right. the, the crash site and everything? With the orange paint, yeah. Yeah. And so they, yes, the orange paint. And so they had sprayed, you know, where they thought his, because he was killed in a car wreck and his truck veered off the, the highway. And it was raining, and and you could they could tell how he was trying to recover and get back up on the road. And um, while in during that orange paint in the dead center was a butterfly, and wow, so I, a dead butterfly, as if you know his life had ended on this earth, and he flew to heaven. And so I took that butterfly, and and I kept it. I kept it, and his very best friend would come and visit me every Thanksgiving, and I was going to show her that butterfly. And I couldn't find it anywhere. I mean, I had it in a reserved spot and could not find it anywhere. And I had to take her back to the airport. She lives in Washington, DC. And I was just beside myself because my little butterfly was missing. And so I took her to the airport, and when I came back, there that little butterfly was in the center of the room, and right where we were. And I have no idea. I mean, it was just an amazing, an amazing thing. So um, that was a beautiful moment for me. Yes.
1: And then you had another one with the body piercing. I thought that was really, really interesting. I had to smile at that one a little bit.
3: <laughs> I could not believe that. A good friend of mine had lost a child as well, and she immediately flew down from Delaware to be with me. In the morning after the funeral, we were in my living room, and my daughter walks in, and she bends down and hugs me, and my friend from Delaware said, Oh, my gosh, my, my daughter has that very tattoo, and and she said, Well, she didn't stop there. She also got a body piercing, and Audrey, my daughter said, So did I. Well, I screamed because I knew nothing about it, and I said, Oh, my gosh, and it was way too much information for me to know the day after my son's <laughs> funeral. I was like, oh, my gosh. Right. Well, I just shut down. And so she said, well, that's okay, Mom. Adam knew about it. Adam knew about the body piercing. I said, I don't care. That doesn't excuse the fact that, you got you know, you got one. Well, my, um, a couple of weeks later, um, my son started coming to this another friend of mine and wanted that friend to tell me that, he dodged a big animal and is how he had his wreck. And she said, I don't believe you know, I don't think Adam is talking to me from heaven and they said, Well, if it's Adam, tell him to tell you something that only his mother knows and this another lady said, I think Adam had a body piercing and he she told me exactly where Adam where Audrey, my daughter's piercing is. <laughs> I could not believe it. Told the exact location where my daughter's body piercing is. So, you so got, that was pretty strange. Yeah. yeah. So you got
1: a sign. Yeah. I, I
3: had a sign. I had absolute sign. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, talk, talk to us a little bit about your Compassionate Friends group uh, and where it is and how people can get your book. And your book's great. And if you've enjoyed hearing these scriptures from Marsha, they're in her book. And uh, I think that you will be, you know, very comforted by many of the things she said. So, Marsha, tell us where we can find you.
3: Okay, um, thank you, I will, uh, because one of the things that I have to say is, so far I've given you these Bible verses that have helped me, but at my lowest point. But um, the one thing that I really relied on day after day, just so I could see the light and have some form of hope, and I will leave you with this one, is John 16, because God literally said, You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. I love that Bible verse because um, I I needed to hear that. I needed some kind of reassurance that I would get through this. And I, I have to say, I'm a very happy person because that promise was so true. Because not only am I a happy person, but God has opened so many doors to use my experience through grief. I have written a book, it's called I Know the Secret. The subtitle is To Living a Joyful Life Through Trials and Tribulations, Including the Death of My Son. And it's just, the book is filled with stories on how I depended on God and how he directed my life through death, divorce, job relocation. And he, he said, it says in there, I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go, and I will guide you with my eye. That's Psalms 32.8. Well, how he's using me is I now co-lead a Compassionate Friends chapter which is a bereavement organization in South Lake, Texas, and we just started just this year and we have already over forty parents. And wow Marsha, that's just, a big group. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's a big group. It's a big that group. And so we 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 saw very quickly that there was a need in in our area to um, to and to start the chapter and, and it's 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 bittersweet of course, but we've mm-hmm. um it's been very rewarding for a friend of mine, I, I, my very dear friend. Um, she's, she co-leads with me, and she lost her child as well. And so we opened it together, and we co-lead, and it's just been... And
2: she's on your website as well, right?
3: She's on my website as well. Yes, her name is Ginger yeah, like Reynolds.
2: Her and, and I've met her. And what is your
3: website again? It's dot com.
2: And I want to encourage everybody to go there because Marsha also has... It's a wonderful website, and you have a great YouTube full of inspirational messages about how to find hope again after loss, and it's, it's brief, and it's really worth
3: watching. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I've also written two articles on the Open to Hope, right. and so um, on bereavement as well.
1: Right. So you can find on opentohope.com. Uh, Marsha's one of our authors, and Marsha, thank you so much for being on the show today and for all the work that you're doing
3: well, thank you. Thank you. I, will, I want to leave you with one thing um, for everybody out there listening. I, I know this for sure. God puts people in our path to help us along our journey. And, and the one thing that I know is everybody has a story. Everybody has challenges. And, and my very last Bible verse that I wanted, want everybody to hear is Hebrews 3, two. Be kind to strangers, for by doing so, we might be entertaining one of God's angels without knowing it. And I believe that with all my heart. He's put wonderful people in my path.
1: Well, you're one of God's angels, Marcia. Thank you for being on our show. Well,
3: thank you. Thank you so much. You. I've really enjoyed you, it.
2: Marcia. This is wonderful. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to Grief Relief today, Heidi. That was a very interesting show. I loved all the scriptures she gave us. I think that's important for people out there who, you know, who the Bible is their thing.
2: Absolutely, and she also has six great rules for life, six rules for life that she lives by that are also on her website.
1: Yes, so go there and get those six rules for life. And thanks for listening to the show today, and God bless.
0: You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Doctors Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.